So, Professor Allen and Dr. Fullerton begin to celebrate and dance around the chamber room. Then they decide to toast each other to the event's timing with a small bottle of wine. Once a bit tipsy, Dr. Fullerton playfully fakes a threatening pressing of the button. They laugh, and she whispers to the professor, Who would know? We could surprise the commander later with a grand entrance, she blurbs. The professor laughs, stumbles, and bumps her arm slightly. The shaking little index finger was still twisted, pointed at the button. Oops! She mistakenly presses it. The process has begun. Their eyes bulge, and they seem to instantly sober up as they realize what has happened and what is minutes away. Within about twelve minutes, as they watch, amazed with astonished looks on their faces, they see the lump and tiny mass appear from seemingly nowhere on the platform of the central lab chamber and slowly, yet quickly grow to skin-like features and take on the shape of a perfectly grown man. They believe in the success of the project even now. More completely, Lazarus comes forth. His eyes are as as blue as the waters of the Mexico seacoast. His hair is not quite recognizable, but looks like bristled, stiff, straight, small-needled, hairbrush features, yet smooth and flowing towards the front of his head. His skin is not black, nor white, nor brown, but has a cool, bluish, greenish, rusty-orange tint, a kind of bluish-bronze color. As Lazarus completes his development cycle and begins to stand, as the machine's platform slowly spins and tilts downward to an almost standing position, he looks around the chamber, then outward through the secured plastic glass of the reinforced lab unit. Lazarus smiles as he immediately recognizes his father of creation, the professor, whose DNA was secretly used despite the strict orders of the commander not to use personal DNA of known personnel. Lazarus considers much love and compassion for the professor and feels such a totally trustworthy love for Reese. As the cycle ends, the clamp-down cups around Lazarus' wrists and ankles snap open to release him from the platform. He steps forward and slowly walks towards the plastic glass enclosure's outer edge towards the two co-creators, and they continue to watch with amazement. They are more pleased, amazed, and yet fearful than they had anticipated. They are so very fascinated and curious, yet restrictively afraid at so many unknowns and mysteries surrounding Lazarus' powers talents, and above-average brainwave functions. At this very early point, Lazarus himself does not even know or realize just how truly special and advanced he really is. So, briefly, the professor turns to the doctor and they look towards each other and speak quietly to each other a bit argumentatively about the oops and about starting the process before the commander could be notified. Then, while they were turned away ever so briefly. Lazarus is gone. The chamber looks empty. They get panicked. Looking back at the containment chamber, 
They begin to scurry around the sides of the unit's outer perimeter. They panic and press the button for security, which sounds the alarms. Not knowing that he is in there, but has taken on the shape of a very beautiful banana tree plant in the corner of the unit, they rush and open the door to the chamber's triple outer protective edge to look inside at what they see as an empty unit lab. So they both say, where could he go? The lab is completely sealed and secured. How could he escape it? What happened? Where did he go? Our heads were only turned away for a few seconds. When they were about halfway inside the apparently empty chamber second containment unit, the banana tree caught Dr. Fullerton's attention, and she watched as Lazarus reconstructed right before their eyes. They stood there, utterly shocked and excitedly amazed, as he changed back to himself and smiled lovingly at them.